and welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond, our fellow Beyonders. We are so happy to have you with us today. We have with us Mr. Dan Pomeroy. Welcome to the show, sir. And we have return guest. Ali, you're in a, an exclusive club of repeat uh, attendees here. So we're happy Indeed. to have you, Ali, with the uh, board game. Uh, let's, I, I'm going to get your Instagram wrong. It's the board <laughs> board gamer the, babe. The board, the gamer babe. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> is it the yeah. gamer babe or just gamer babe? Oh, it is. It's well, the underscore gamer underscore babe. I'd like to get rid of the underscore, but you know. Yeah. It you're works. locked in. You're locked once am, you once you have a following, you're locked in for it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So Allie, you joined us probably what like six months ago, I think, to talk about it's board cool. games. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, that was amazing. Let's have her back to talk <laughs> about more board games. Cause uh, as I said before the show. You're playing more board games than I am right now. So I think you're our resident expert at this point, you know, so, but we're excited to have you on here. Look at all those wonderful games you have behind you. Um, all the games that I have played or want to play are right there behind you. So we're excited to talk about some of those today. But of course, before we begin, let's get with our Geek Week. So Dan, how was your Geek Week? Well, I haven't been on the show for a long, long time. Um, everybody's like, yeah, we noticed it was great. Um <laughs> Uh, a few weeks ago, I got one of my nerd ticket, one of my nerd tickets punched when I went to a Comic-Con style convention here in DC called AwesomeCon, where you stand in line to get autographs and they have a huge dealer hall, very large dealer hall. If you know, lots of cosplay and Star Wars droid makers and all kinds of stuff. Uh, they had a small, you know, pretty small gaming area. Um, and they mixed it with the video game area, uh, which mm. meant it was super loud. But it was trying to, it's a, it's, it's much more generic geek experience. And my middle kid wanted to go because I took my younger kid to KubelCon in San Francisco. And uh, she's like, I get to go to a con too. And it really was the one she wanted to go to because she's not, uh, she needed something. She, there's a lot of artists and, and just general geekery that she really enjoyed. So that 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 was one thing I'd never done before. I'd never done a Comic Con style con. I'd only done gamer cons, and so now I've done that. Um, was it free to get in, or did you need to buy a badge? And stuff? No, it's you know 60, 75 bucks depending on how many days you buy. Mm -hmm. And we're talking the DC Convention Center, massive space. I mean. Mm -hmm. There was easily 30, 40,000 people there. It was, it's, it's a real, wow. it's a real thing. And they do it twice a year, I think. Um, yeah. they, tr they try to do it twice a year, but it, it's good times. And if you're into cosplay and you need a place to show off, those kind of conventions are, are right up the old alley. So I thought it was cool. They had Elijah Wood, who played Frodo, and Andy Serkis, who played Gollum, and Sean Austin, Aston, who played Samwise. I oh, did not. Sorry. Ooh, ooh. Uh, anyway, for later. preview. So anyway, <laughs> long story short, um, I did it as an experience. Oh my gosh, they had the lightsaber booths. I spent a lot of time in. I didn't spend. It was like uh, it was like the day before Father's Day. You have no idea how much self control it took me took not to spend four or five hundred dollars on on a very nice lightsaber. <laughs> um, and I picked out like four of them, all that price range, and I I had the lightsaber sweats. It's like. I'm getting the sweats. I'm getting the sweats. I'm just going to back <laughs> away slowly. So anyway, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Dropped all kinds of hints. Um, and my family was like, uh, we got you a card for Father's Day. I was like, Thanks nice. for the card. Here's a tie. It's a good, I wish I would have gotten a, a tie. They, made, they looked at me and said, 
you should just buy something for yourself. So I've been abusing Amazon ever, ever since. Um, <laughs> the other thing on Warcry, uh, on, on my Geek Week, is I've been assembling Warcry, Warbands, and Legion. I've been doing assembly, assembly, assembly. I'm working on three Warbands for Warcry, and basically the equivalent of a second Imperial Army for Legion. And I got in to pivoting, articulating motions on minis. So I had my ATST that I built with the Blizzard box, and I got him standing up real high, and he wouldn't fit on the shelf. So I'm like, I guess I'm going to have to cut his head off and put uh, two little rare earth magnets. So now he pivots and his gun point goes up and down. And he can shoot it, which is so nerdy. I had so much fun that I cut a gun off of another vehicle and, and epoch, epoxied in uh, rare earth magnets to uh, have a pivoting turret. There was nothing more boring than a turret that was only pointed one way glued down. So I got into it. It's fun. I've done it, but I, I made a lot of mess. I made a lot of epoxy mess. I'm not good at it. So the official term for that, Dan, is called kit bashing. Kit bashing? I thought yep. kit bashing is when you take like two or three kits and you glue something together. Did you just not take a gun from another kit and put it onto that kit? No, 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 no. I didn't do that oh, yet. Okay, I, okay, what okay. I did is I took a, the, a speeder truck that has a turn on top and it was yeah. already done and painted and glued. And I got out an X-Acto knife and I cut that gun off. I and I drilled into it with my Ryobi drill yeah, to okay. glue in magnets. That's I got real nerdy. I got you. Okay. Yeah. So you're just modding. That's what I'm, I'm modding. modding. I'm modding. Yeah. I'm yeah. not kid okay. bashing. Not yet. Almost uh, not yet. Yeah. Yeah. So we usually only do two things for Geek Week. I've got a third one. I usually am so boring in my video gaming, but, but a couple Christmases ago, I got the remastered Mass Effect um episodes mm -hmm. one two and three and i had a reason to take a sick day from work and i sat down and i like poured hours into mass effect one it holds up so, so well it really it holds is. up and i was like oh my gosh what a, how am i gonna live my life without finishing all three of these and doing every side quest and i didn't like, have a second sick day in a row so i know it's like <laughs> <laughs> I, I something's coming on i got something coming on it's That's a right. summer cold i got a this feels like cold. a week-long thing too yeah, you know? yeah yeah i gotta move the xbox into the bedroom i gotta take it yeah. upstairs and i need liquids and leave me alone but no listen it, it's it, gonna get worse once you move into mass effect 2 which is like the best one of the, of the series right so i know yeah it's it, it's it's a great series for sure yeah Anyway, awesome. I did three Geek Weeks. I apologize. So yeah, I will, it's all good. I will hand it back to you, Justin. Allie, how was your Geek Week? Uh, I'm pretty, like, I was like, did I do anything geeky? But I actually did. So my youngest son just turned eight, and he's mm -hmm. obsessed with Transformers. So we did a Transformers-themed birthday party. And, like, oh, last nice. minute, I was like, we got to do something with Transformers. Like, so I found online someone was giving away their moving boxes, and so when he woke up in the morning, we had built two like giant transformers in our front room made Whoa. out of boxes. Like it, I was pretty proud of it that I was like, how do I keep sharing this? Like, I am so proud of it. And it blew his mind and it wasn't painted. They were just boxes. Um, and so we utilized it later in his birthday party. Like we had the kids race to build the transformers again. Nice. And we're talking like eight year olds. And I mean, it was touching my ceiling in, at my house. Like it was amazing. <laughs> I'm super proud of that. And I was like, all of my friends were like, mom award for you. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was super stoked with that one. So That's and then my good. Thing, yeah, I was proud of that. My other thing is um, I just started reading red rising. <gasps> so good. Game. 
we played the game like a few weeks ago. And so it was like, I'm, I'm going to try it. And like, I'm not, I'm like not even halfway through it, but I'm like, oh, I know these characters from the game. <laughs> like, That's awesome. So yeah, I'm super excited to like keep going with it and finishing it. So. Which is so funny because normally it's like you read the book and then they come out with the game with the IP. So then all the fans of the book are like, let me get the thing. Like it doesn't normally yes. happen in reverse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that book and that series is really good. Yeah. I really, 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 really liked it. It, yeah. it sucked me in. I Somebody was like, so what is it? I'm like, it's like if <laughs> Harry Potter sort of meets Hunger Games sort of meets um, Ender's Game. That's you like, know, like exactly <laughs> how my husband described it today. Because he was waiting for me to get into it. And yeah. he was like, so if I could describe it, that was exactly it. Like, that was it. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because like they, you know, you got this whole thing where they end up going on to like the like the, the arena and it's like, you know, hunger game style, but there's like yeah. space magic going on too. And it's really, yeah. it's, it's a great series. It's yeah. a super good series. So I'm excited. One of my favorites. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because I literally got a um, notification of the day that like, um, you know, Amazon Kindle will send me like, Hey, people are like getting interested in this book again. And I looked at it and it was red rising and it was, you know, on sale on Kindle for like four ninety nine which is a crazy good deal. Yeah. So if people have not yet read it, I would recommend picking it up because it's so good. Yeah. So New York Times bestseller. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely. So um, that actually sort of brings me to my uh, Geek Week, um, which is I'm reading a book right now. It's the last of the series. It's called Waybound, but it's the 12th book in the Cradle series. Now, this guy, Will White, like he is a prolific writer. Like he he may put out as much stuff as Brandon Sanderson. If you guys read Brandon Sanderson stuff, Brandon Sanderson puts out like, like several books a year, you know, as he's working on his like big giant books, right? This guy puts out as many, though they're not nearly as long. So, um, you know, maybe this, this Waybound book is maybe, I, I don't know. I have it on my Kindle, but it's probably like in the order of magnitude of like 300 pages or something like that it's not like an 800 page tome that brandon sanderson writes right um and so it's like 300 pages which is um a good quick read it's like action-packed it it sucks you in um the first book is called unsold and like um not it's like u-n-s-o-u-l-e-d right like you don't have a soul and um, that's part of the story is this is this kid who doesn't feel like he has powers that everybody else does. And it the, the premise of the story is that um, this world that they're on, um, it, they have these people like everybody is what's called a sacred artist. And so it's this infusion of like, um, you know, um, Far Eastern kind of mythology of like kung fu style stuff mixed with pokemon sort of and like everybody can do these like kung fu techniques but they're really like um magic techniques and you can you can kind of um you know you can follow the way of the fox or you can follow the way of the you know the sword or you can follow the way of the bow or something like that and so you kind of uh get, go specialized in them and um this kid didn't have any of it until he realized that he actually did and then he's like the eternal optimist. And I love these kinds of stories, right? Like um, I, I mentioned Ender's game before, 
like he's an eternal optimist. Like he's always thinking like, I can always do this, you know, like we're always going to try and find the creative way to solve problems. Brandon Sanderson's characters all for the most part are like the eternal optimist. And those, those characters really resonate with me. So if you're looking for a really fun, usually page Turner read, um, I would recommend this author, Will White and um, his book um, unsold is the first one. And it's the cradle series and there's 12 books in them and they're all really, really good. So, you should totally check them out. Um, right here, you can see there's 6,666 ratings, and it's like 4.9 stars, which is pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. So, yeah. So that is uh, that was my first Geek Week, and then my second one. Um, what did I what did I put down for my second one? Now I now I'm now I'm questioning myself. Oh yes, I put together. I, I finalized this last week the Nova open tournament that we have coming up in at the end of August, early September. Um, we have a, it's a gaming tournament and I finalized the war cry, which is a games workshop skirmish game with miniatures. I finished the tournament pack for that and put it out and I thought I was done. I thought it looked really good, but then I got some feedback from, from some people that I trust um, when it comes to events and stuff like that. And it looks like I need to make some adjustments. So even though I put it out, I thought it was final and it wasn't so final. So we're going to make some adjustments here in the next little bit and, and put it out. It looks like I just need to replace uh, one mission with another one. So, but Well, I'm excited. I'm, pl I'm yeah. playing in a tournament. Yeah. And um, so we'll, this is my first Warcry tournament. So you have to put your thumb on the scale and give me some extra some wins, you know, looking for some, <laughs> some nice points, some battle points. We need some, yeah. we need some, some graft and corruption here. Oh, he got in because he's friends with Justin. <laughs> They're in cahoots. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. Um, the We have, for as far as events coming up, Jason and I, um, we're going to Gen Con at the beginning of August, which we're really excited about. We're going to be playing quite a few board games there. Um, one of which I'm really excited to play. It's called Night's Fall. I don't know if you've played that one, Alan. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That smile tells me I'm excited to play it. <laughs> okay, I know that one. I yeah. Think it, it might be behind me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Like I, said, I yeah. know it's somewhere up here. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got we got a lot of other ones that we're going to be playing that that uh, are really exciting. And then um, and then about a month after that is when the the Nova Open um, convention is. Now the Nova Open's really just like a miniature wargaming. They do have some board games there, but it's really focused on wargaming and tournaments and stuff like that. So a little bit different kind of tournament, but I love I love them all. So you know, there's different focuses on different one. So. And Nova Open got designated as a world's qualifier tournament for uh, X-Wing Legion mm. and Armada. So nice. I moved my schedule around a little bit. So I'll, I'll be competing in the Grand T for Warcry and for Legion. And I expect to come in last in both. <laughs> It'll be, be a lot of, You're going to have a good time. There's going to be blood on the polyurethane mat. That's all, <laughs> that's all there is to say about that. It'll be great. Yeah, you're gonna have a good time. We're gonna have time. Well, it's that's all. Yeah, that's all that we have for our uh, geek or geek week. It sounds like. So I think that that brings us to the news. Do it! Do it! Welcome to Tabletop and Beyond News. Sorry. 
there's production a, people. There's a broadcaster inside of me that just really wants to be a news nerd so bad. You have no idea. Um, okay. Uh, our first news item is the finalists for the 2023 Diana Jones Award were announced uh, this week. The Diana Jones Award are uh, part of the Gen Con extravaganza. Uh, usually right before Gen Con, they will have an award ceremony. Uh, the um, the the judges are a very select panel of folks. This is not the any awards are are more democratic. They're like the People's Choice Award, where you can go in and you can vote. But the Diana Jones Award is is something that's been going for a long, long time, and uh, it's it's a prestigious award in, in uh, at Gen Con and and in the gaming uh, industry. Uh, the uh, nominees are Linda Kodega, journalist focusing on tabletop gaming for io9 and Gizmodo. Um, I believe she's the one who broke a lot of the news regarding the Wizards of the Coast um, open gaming license replacement that created such a fan outcry and really kind of rocked Hasbro. So uh, that's real journalism there. Um, a few others... Uh, Coyote and Crow, a role-playing game by Connor Alexander. Uh, Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel, published by Wizards of the Coast. So there's even mainstream products that, that, that are, in that, that are uh, nominated. Rosenstrasse, a role-playing game by Moira Turkington and Jessica Hammer, published by Unruly Games. And Cole, I'm going to mispronounce that German last name. I apologize. Uh, it looks like uh, Whirly. Uh, game designer, creative director at Leader Games, and co-founder of uh, Whirly Gig Games. So, um, usually the the Diana Jones Award is one of those areas you can see what all the super cool industry people are looking at. Um, this is the industry, the RPGs industry way of kind of honoring itself. So, um, kind of like you watch the Oscars and then you go watch those movies. <laughs> It's like a commercial. Uh, the Diana Jones Award is is very similar. So um, for those who are interested, they can go to uh, the Diana Jones uh, website, which is, I'm going to say, the you have the you have it up on the screen, but for our audio lis listeners, it is dianajonesaward.org, dianajonesaward.org, if you're interested and want to learn more. And you can learn about the history of the award. Uh, Diana Jones is short for Indiana Jones. Once upon a time, TSR had a license to make an Indiana Jones role-playing game, and they lost it, and they had to burn all the copies of their Indiana Jones role-playing game, and they took the pieces of the last copy that they burned, and it said Diana Jones. The I and the, the, I and the N were burned off, and then they encased it into a trophy and they, and this is a trophy. Oh, that's trap. amazing. The awardee gets the trophy every, every year. So it's one of those cool little nerdy uh, RPG industry insider things, but um, you'll get an idea kind of where, where the tastemakers are, 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 what they're thinking about. So that's the Diana Jones award. Pretty cool. Nice. All right. Um, you want to take the second one? Yeah, so I'm going to pull this up right here. This is straight out of my email that I got, hot off the press, uh, that happened two days ago, hot off the press. Um, but there's new titles for Call of Cthulhu and RuneQuest that are coming out in October. 
So um, these are some of our favorite role-playing games that we have played. Um, what is awesome about this Call of Cthulhu one that came out? So you can see that it's coming out in October 2023. Um, but this is called Alone Against the Static. So what this is is a modern-era scenario designed for one player. It's a solo-play game that you can play. And um, it, they describe it as a Call of Cthulhu story of grief, isolation, relationships, and heartbreak. So I feel like it might be The Last of Us that you can play, right? Like something like that. Um, but the description that they give, they say, Alex and Charlie believe that a secluded weekend getaway in the Dakota Black Hills is just what they need to reinvigorate their marriage. But older and darker things and broken hearts exist in the forgotten places of the world. So, um, yeah. Uh Chaosium is one of the few publishers that I have seen that actively um, promote solo RPG games that are dedicated to solo RPG, right? Like some, some RPG games have put out rules where you can do solo play, but these are actual solo adventures. And I can tell you firsthand that they are so much fun. They play like a read, um, um, choose your own adventure books that you used to play that you used to read, you know, like you'd read a certain page and be like, go to page 111. And you're like, oh, you fell off a cliff. Like, ah, dang it. Go back. Let's choose a different one, you know? Um, and that's kind of how these games play as well. Like you make a certain decision. You have to roll your dice. If you pass the roll, then you go to a certain number. If you fail the roll, then you go to a certain number. And uh, they're all just a lot of fun. And you really get sucked into the story. So I highly recommend that. Um, the other thing that's coming out is the Cults of RuneQuist. Uh, the Cults of RuneQuest mythology. So this is sort of following in the footsteps of the Cults of Cthulhu that came out last year that um, are, or actually came out this year, that our um, artist friend John Sumrow um, did all of the art for. Now, Cults of RuneQuest is very similar. It's a source book that basically does all the backstories of a lot of the um, mythology and myths that happen in Glorantha. And if you've ever played RuneQuest, then you'll know that myths and mythology are super important to the game. Um, they're really woven into the fabric. And that determines sort of a lot of your magic power that you use, the runes that you end up using that give you power. So this gives a lot of real good backstory as part of that. So um, very interesting. Also coming out in October 2023. So keep your eyes open for these as uh, we get closer. So yeah, very exciting there. Awesome. Thanks for that, Justin. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Okay. I think that's it for the news then. Is it Dan? Uh, we could keep going for hours and we would lose all of our listeners. So we will stop <laughs> it here while there's a few of us left. That's right. So, and plus, we didn't bring Allie on for nothing. So, obviously, we've got uh, we've got a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, one of the things, Allie, we kind of want to do, and I'm going to call this a little mini segment in the show. We're going to do some board game reviews by Allie here, and you know, uh, you know, we're not asking for anything super formal here, but uh, we know that you've been playing some board games recently, so we just wanted to talk to you about what board games you played and what what, what you thought of them. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. So um, let's talk about some of the board games you've been playing recently. Uh, so the first one we've started playing is Star Wars deck building game. And this one is a yeah. two player game, but I've been told that you can buy a second set and play four way. I've been told in a comment. Oh, okay. you know, I haven't okay. done that, but I thought that was kind of cool that you could expand it. But it's basically like the dark side versus the the Jedi side, you know, 
Um, but I had the first time I played it, my husband like got Darth Vader at the go and it creamed me right away to where I was like, I don't like this game. I was so frustrated. I was like, that's not fair. He didn't have to buy the card. He just like earned it based off of one of the base cards he had. And I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I don't like it. So I played it more times and you know, now it's better and I appreciate it more. But that first time I was like, are you kidding me? So, but is it's just a fun, like, you know, good versus evil and you collect cards and it's cool to see the different characters that come out and how do they utilize them. And it's, it's a fun one. How long does it take to learn how to play? Not, not very long at all. If you're comfortable and familiar with deck building, like the mechanics of it, it's super easy to pick up on. Um, so I don't think it's too hard to learn or too hard to pick up on. That's great. That's now cool. the community has given this an uh, on board game geek that we have up, up on the screen right now. The community has given this an 8.0 out of 10. Do you agree with that rating? Do you think it's That's an like 8.0? One of the highest that I've actually seen. <laughs> for and I'm like, are they biased a little bit? I mean, like Star Wars. Is it the no, Star Wars? It actually, yeah. It is really like, even though I got cream the first time, I still came back to it. Mm -hmm. I still think it's a game that you can come back to. And I like, it may be all the same cards, but it's a it's a pretty stacked deck that I don't think you'll be getting the same hands going each time. And there are certain cards that are like, like if it's a dark card, you can attack it. If, mm -hmm. you know, there's like neutral cards that can go to either side. Like it's just a fun, if you're a Star Wars nerd or not, I think it's still very entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I just pulled up a picture from again Board Game Geek here, where it shows sort of the layout of the of the game, and um, it looks pretty fun. It for those who have played Fantasy Flight games, these cards look very familiar. I mean, these look like Legion cards. They look like X Wing cards, right? Right, Dan. I mean, they look uh, they look like the um, what is that? Uh, what's the other? Uh, not Legion. Um, uh, Star, Imperial, uh, Assault. Imperial Assault. Yeah. Because they have the license, they have access to a gigantic library of custom art mm -hmm. um, that FFG and Asmo Day they have a they have an art library that's just pretty much to die for. Uh, in the old days, when Wizards of the Coast had the li the library, everything was still shots off the films or sketches by Ralph McQuarrie, and that was it. Um, now we have these you know beautiful custom artwork pieces of artwork and it, it and it, you really get a a sense of it, it feels like star wars in, yeah in the yeah. right way i um decipher had the first card game license was the collectible card game in 1995 96 is when that one came out and literally there's a tupperware container under my feet right now that i use as kind of an ottoman full of magic the gathering and star wars and star trek cards <laughs> so i um i have a soft spot for these kind of games and i i, I get the star wars sweats i'm like oh <laughs> it's something star wars do i need to buy that Allie thinks i should get it maybe i should maybe i should get it she recommends it she, yeah uh, well do you do you recommend this to like everybody or just like star wars fans do. Or what? no i think it's good for anyone i think that if you're wanting to show the mechanics of a deck building game this would be a fun one to introduce and it may get you throw the star wars angle in there as well you know yeah. sorry so. I, I didn't mean to over oversell your recommendation <laughs> no you're you fine it. okay cool yeah how much how much how much was it do you know 
I probably can find this I out. I don't remember. Right now, $36.48 on Amazon. We got right it at now. our local game store here in town. and Yeah. Yeah. Money's no price at a local game store. True. Right? Yeah, don't don't, <laughs> don't go to the local game store and look for that Amazon price. Support the yeah. local game store. Yeah. Support yes. the local yeah. game store. But but just to give you an idea, it does look like it's about thirty six thirty seven dollars on Amazon. So that's um that's a decent price for a game that uh, it has a lot of replayability, right? Yeah. As and the last time Allie was on the podcast, I bought board games she recommended. They're on my <laughs> that's shelf true. right now. It's so. a fact. Uh, that's why we have to span it out so that recover from it. <laughs> I'm never going to financially recover from this. That's right. <laughs> I got to tell you before we go into your next one, I have a thing called the shrink wrap ha- uh, wall of shame. So on my, if, if it's a game I haven't played yet, I leave it in the shrink wrap and the shrink wrap shames me into saying <laughs> you bought me. And you never, you haven't played me once yet. You haven't even pulled off the shrink wrap. So I have about seven games right now that are shrink wrapped. And I, I'm leaving it on there until I find a That's time to play. That's actually really smart. Cause you know, you do open the games. Cause you're like, I just want to see the components yeah. in it, you know, but no, you, that's actually, I have to suggest that. I don't know who'd go over well, but I like that idea. And so when I want to buy something, my wife's like, so what have you not opened on your shelf? <laughs> that's awesome You're like uh, everything <laughs> yeah there's a lot there's a lot <laughs> awesome okay all right so you play star wars deck building game the next one i'm gonna make you pronounce ally oh my gosh i already said this so it's the quacks of Quedlinburg. i'm hoping that's how you say it that's how it looks like you say it i, I this agree is a, this is a press your luck game okay and that, that's what i think i love most about it is that you, you really are like deciding your fate. Um, you basically uh, have tokens and create a potion and you pull tokens out of the bag and you can only pull so many up. To, I think it's up to seven. And if you pull over uh, at seven, your potion uh, explodes and you lose benefits of part of the game. So like you can get gems at like at the end of each round and I don't know. So it's just one of those that it's like, do I want to go one more? Because the further you go on your board, the more benefit it is for you, the more money you can spend on better tokens, Mm -hmm. you get gems, like there's just benefits of getting further on the board. So it's just a really fun, like, do I push my luck? Do I not push my luck type game? Yeah, it looks like um, the pretty cool components are you get these individual like sort of book things that like are your 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 uh, uh i guess your potion book right yeah so they're you added benefits so like some of them you get at the beginning of the round and some of them are like happening while you draw so if you draw like an orange one and you had a green one right before it that benefits you and you can like pull an added mm-hmm. token out without it hurting you you know so there's like some benefits that you can purchase at the beginning some that happen at the end you know it's just a a very vibrant fun push your leg game and this is your kind of victory point tracker right here this that's green your play board thing. oh interesting okay. so like as you are drawing if you draw one you would lay it down one step mm. down if you draw two you'd skip a space and put your two down um and you just keep drawing until you hit five six seven and decide if you want to you know keep press your luck on it yeah how um so it says that 
Um, this is a 1.95 out of five complexity. It is. It is so. really easy. <laughs> <laughs> I like the easier ones. Yeah. It's 7.8 on there. Like it's still good, you know, but it's. Oh easy. yeah. Yeah. So, so you, I mean, I like you could pick this. It says, you know, like community says that eight and above, this is like a good game. You have, I can't remember if you said you have an eight year old. You have an eight year old. He hasn't played this one yet. Okay. Um, I think the only thing he may struggle with is when you have to pull out and say like you draw three instead of just laying it down, you have to count out three spaces and then lay mm. your token down. So that may be the only thing, but I think once you get the hang of it and they like understand that concept, then I think it's yeah. better. So nice. Like this one was fun because I went to our local game store and I took a picture of like five different games and was like, which one should I buy? Like I'm here now vote. And this was the one that was voted and it didn't disappoint. So Awesome. You know, that That's was fun. Great. Now it's it says to... it takes about 45 minutes to play. Is that accurate? Would you say, or do you I, get done I don't think it takes that long, but it kind of depends okay. on who you're playing with. If they're like, mm -hmm. and they're hesitating on playing. Like, I think we played it twice in 45 minutes with three, oh, wow. it was okay. a three players set up and we were just like, you just go and play. And yeah, it is a fun one. Nice. Sometimes those ones that you don't really have to think about are fun because you can be very social. Yes, it, you know, yeah. and yeah. Um, that that ends uh, ends up being a lot of fun. Um, I kind of I kind of dig the uh, the little cover of it, right? Like it's sort of it's like a know, flea market, like flea market medieval. Market yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, Ren like yeah. yeah, I think he did pretty good. I mean, I, I am I don't have that kind of luck of randomly picking a game and <laughs> and, and having it be a seven point eight on Board Game Geek usually. Usually I go, man, I'm so excited about this game. I go in Board Game Geek and it's rated like 4.2. And I'm like, oh, yeah. it's not going to be fun? What? <laughs> what? It looks so great. Yeah. It's fun to it's fun to 4.2 people out of 10. Exactly. Somebody <laughs> liked it. <laughs> and, and I have enough confirmation bias. I've spent the money. It must be good. That's I've right. It's got to be yeah, good. good. Yeah. Very good. All right. And the last one that you played, what looks like it was The Finest Fish. It was. So I played it for the first time last night and I have my oldest as a teenager and it takes a lot to get her to come play a game where I have to be like, now remember we drove you here, here and here for your friends. Like you can come spend some time with us. So I showed her this one and I said, look at how cool this is. Like the fish components in it. Like they're just these giant fish that are like really good thick cardboard. Like, but so cute. And she was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll play that. just for that. Like, and it's so like it's just a simple pattern game and the scales are little wooden pieces and you have to piece them in and you have to like try to create patterns for points and then colors group together for points and the black scales are points. And so it's just a really fun, like cute game that like caught the attention of my 15 year, 15 year old, my husband and my 11 year old. Wow. Nice. Yeah, so. I, I was, I was, and here's a picture of those nice big cardboard fish, right? So yeah. what a, what a cool game board, right? Is an actual fish. Yeah. Like that's your game board, right? Yeah. So that's really, that's really cool. Well, and my husband's like, I don't know if I like it. It doesn't have a love, like a nice layout game plan. And I'm like, whatever, look at these fish. <laughs> like the first player token is a nice wooden fish. Like it's, <laughs> oh no, not the first player token. That one's just a little cardboard too. But there's a little yeah. wooden fish that does your markers. Like the fish bowl, like it's so simple and so cute that I loved it. And my daughter's like, I would play that again. I'm like, it's a win. 
We'll take it. That is a win. Uh, You know, there's something to be said about components making the game. In fact, we did a podcast about that a little while ago, how like your components really affect your experience with the games that you play. You know, like if this had just been little tiny like cardboard chits or whatever, instead of like, you know, wood pieces for some of these things, like it would have been okay, but you know, that probably made it better than, better than it was. Right. So. Well, and my biggest fear was the scales. Like, were they going to stay in place? Am I going to be constantly trying to adjust them to fit them in? But they did a really good job of making the scales fit perfectly. And you're not constantly having to adjust them or worry about them wiggling out of place or falling over or whatever. Like they really did a good job on all of it. As far as like the texture, the thickness, everything. Again, Allie, this week is uh, you're going backwards. By the I way, really am. I didn't even Star, pay attention. Star Wars was two point one, <laughs> right? The 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 Quedlinburg was one point nine five, and now we're at one point oh out of five with uh, complications. I feel like I need to find one more game that's a little bit harder. In the weight. <laughs> I promise, I play heavier games. Well, but here we are. This is a seven point three rating on Board Games Geek, right? Like yeah. you're playing all the games that are like seven and above. So yeah, but easy good. to learn you know that's like a win-win there yeah well and and it's very difficult to find a game with custom wooden pieces like that that that's that's affordable i'm I'm sure all those little little individually painted pieces of wood or or what's driving the price of the game i'm looking at an online retailer price uh link on board game geek for about 49.95 Makes total sense. I mean, to be able to make all of those teeny tiny perfect little scales, have them not only be painted once, but painted twice because they have an image. Yeah, some of them have little details on them as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that that ain't cheap. There's somebody, there's some kind of magic machine in China punching those out or somewhere (laughs) in Europe for all I know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, someone making shoes in one, wooden shoes in one room and, and, and finest fish in the other scales. But I, it's really kind of, it's very charming. It looks really cool. Yeah. Now, Allie, did you win the coveted Best in Show Award at the National Goldfish Competition? Is that his <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it says. Fish keeping is a competitive hobby. I actually Every fish did win. Wants like, to win the coveted Best in Show Award. I did. I won by three points. Each of the pattern cards are three points. And my son was collecting those like no other. And so the nice mom that I am at the end, I was like, I need to see all the patterns. And he had one that he thought was there and it wasn't. And if he would have had it, he would have beat me. (laughs) But I won. Yeah. There you go. And you know what? You're you're a nice mom for making sure that he stays honest. It's true. (laughs) And attention to detail. Yeah. Right. Well, these sound like really fun games, and uh, you know these are these aren't ones that I think I would normally grab. It maybe the Star Wars deck building one, but the Quacks of Quedlinburg and the Finest Fish, like these aren't ones that I would normally gravitate towards. Yeah. But saying that, I'm also accused within my family of Dad, your games are too complicated, right? <laughs> and so maybe I need to get some of these games yeah, yeah. because, yeah. like, I'm getting outvoted within my family of the kind yeah. of games that I like to play. So maybe yeah. some it's like- need some. You can pick yeah. from two of my games. One of them, Finest Fish. The other one, Twilight Imperium. What, what do you guys want to do? <laughs> Which, one? Which one? This Which is one? easy. <laughs> For 30 to 60 minutes, 30 to 60 hours. Like, <laughs> I want my life back. Finest yeah. Fish, no problem. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Allie, thank you so much for sharing those uh, games with us. Like Always, yeah. always great 
And uh, <laughs> if everyone's interested in them, go check them out. Uh, you can find them on Board Game Geek, but uh, you know, also your local gaming stores and or Amazon if you can't find them there. So um, yeah, very, very, very good. Well, let's talk about um, something that um, we sort of had um, mentioned, uh, I think about a month ago. Dan, you had brought up a topic of um, trying to find time in gaming. And Ali, given your activity on your Instagram and, and what you do with gaming and all those all the stuff like that, we thought you'd be the perfect guest to come and come on here and and teach us what we're doing wrong because I don't have <laughs> I don't have an Instagram nearly as active <laughs> as you are with the games that I play. So, um, but I think I think before we get into the solutions of it, sometimes it helps to diagnose what kind of issues may pop up, um, you know, that prevent us from um, gaming. So, if either of you two have thoughts on that, I'd be interested in hearing it. Well, Justin, I think you pointed one out when you were like, my kids don't want to play the games that I want to play. So yeah. I think whenever we're like, hey, who wants to play a board game? I think a lot of them are like, oh, because they think that we're going to end up making them play, you know, a game that's going to make them sit down for an hour and a half. And so they hesitate a little bit more in committing to playing a game because they're like, I don't know what game you're going to make me play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh I get that suck. all the time. This better not suck. I mean, yeah. well, and it's not even that. It, it's like, I would rather be playing Xbox with my friends right now, right? And so, like, it better be a game that is worth my attention. Is I right. think where I get where I get that, you know. And a game that I really enjoy playing that takes three, four, five hours, and I'm totally okay with that, you know, because my friends who like to play those with me are okay with that. Uh, my kids, I don't think, have the appetite or the attention span at this point in their lives to sit down and play a game that's going to last three, four, or five hours you know, and, and concentrate on it. So something that's 30 to 60 minutes, something that's, you know, um, uh, takes like maybe 45 minutes to play. I think, I think that's an important thing is like making sure that, um, you know, that, that the time that it takes isn't going to exceed their attention span, right. With, with family and stuff like that. So yeah, for sure. What do you, what do you think, Dan? What what's preventing us from playing more games? Well, there's buy-in, and I think game selection is probably if you're trying to play with your family, you know, as a bonding activity, and you have a, a wide range of ages. So my kids, my youngest is ten, my oldest is eighteen, and she's she's on her way off to college soon. Um, I think we did like poor game selection. Like I. You can't see it on camera. I built a custom game table. It has leather pads for your elbows. It has cubbies. It has lights. It's way overbuilt. Uh, I have nice cushy chairs down here. I've dedicated space. And we got out a game we thought we were going to love, but we decided to try it out with the kids at that time. And we didn't really know the rules. And it turned out the game wasn't that good. And it was kind of a frustrating game. And it was Disney's Jungle Cruise. Mm. And it was like the more, and we love Disney. We're Disney files. It's like, if we go to Disney, any any of the parks that have a Jungle Cruise, we're going we're gonna to go on it. We love it. But the game didn't have the same, it was, it was tricky and we had to keep stopping the game and rereading the rules and some of the things didn't make sense. It's by Ravensburger and they make great stuff. I like Ravensburger a lot, but it was such a dud. My family's not come down here to the, to the man cave to play a board game. 
I don't know. It's been a good year, maybe a year and a half, maybe two. And I blame myself. Uh, so the game selection matters. The time matters. And, and it's got knowing the game matters, <laughs> knowing the game and figuring out a game. That's going to be fun. Not just like, well, this is ticking boxes. We all like Disneyland. Therefore a Disneyland board yeah. game must be fun. Well, that that's not always true. And of course, for me, it's a huge waste of time to, to be like struggling to figure out a game and your kids are like, you're torturing us because you keep mm -hmm. jumping in and out of the rule book. So I've done it badly. I've failed miserably. Um, so the game room is more like for guys playing role-playing games and, and war games down here more than anything else. Then, then <laughs> it was originally pitched as that this will be a family game space, like a pool table. That did, that has not come to full fruition nearly as much as I thought it would. So yeah, I, 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 I don't know if that diagnoses the problem or yeah. not, but, but when it comes to time, there's barriers to being, there's barriers to buy-in. And there's barriers to uh, compatible interests. I think those are two problems mm -hmm. that I can see. So I think, I think, um, yeah, to sort of build on that, I, it, I have two different problems, you know, and this is, this is kind of my, this is kind of where I'm at. Um, my time is pulled into two major areas, right? Like if I discount work and stuff like that, my, my personal time is pulled into two major areas, which is family time and then friends time. Right. Like family time includes everything from me coaching my son's rugby team to, you know, taking the kids to church and all that stuff. And but also the time that we spend together, like either we're watching a movie or we're maybe we're playing a game or we're, you know, taking a walk outside. And then I got my friend's time where I get to play games with them, too. And so it, it depends on the audience here, I think. Right. Like finding time for friends and matching up schedules is a hard thing in itself. Right. And that's probably another topic that we could talk about in just a minute. Um, but time with the family, um, you know, like there's, there's so little of it. It's like you want to sort of maximize it. And so board games are a great way to maximize it. But as we said, sometimes the audience isn't, isn't always, you know, into the board games or, or something like that. Um, but even just finding the, the, like the right time, I mean, you know, like just going through my schedule that I look at, I've got Monday night and Wednesday night practice. I've got Tuesday night church activities. I've got Friday night date night. I, you know what I mean? Like, and it's like um, Saturday, the kids are usually like one of the kids is usually off doing something, you know, mm -hmm. Thursday night. It's like Thursday night. My youngest has an art class uh, Sunday night. Like maybe that's Clearly it. Clearly date night is Sunday. the one thing that should just go. Okay. Right. I'm, kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> Allie, you didn't hear me say that. I'm joking. I'm joking. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, I look at our, our family schedule. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, when do, when do we actually get together and do this? Because, you know, our lives are kind of crazy schedule wise. I have a 16 year old, a 13 year old and a 10 year old. And so now they're really in activities that are multiple days a week. It's not just like a once a week class or something that they're in They're you know, in practice four nights, five nights a week stuff like that for sports. And so finding that time I think is, is really hard and precious. And it's like, well, do we watch a movie or do we play a board game, you know, or something like that. And so I think in the small amount of time that we have with family stuff, then it um, it's competing interests, right? Right there. And then on top of all of that right there, then to say like, Hey, I want to get together with my friends and play a game. Well, then that takes some heroic scheduling sometimes too, right? Because I may have a free night on Thursday night, but my friend may not have a free night on Thursday night, you know? And so then we have to 
figure out what, you know, my friend named Dan Pomeroy uh, doesn't have a free night on Thursday night <laughs> to play a game, you know, and so, no, no. you know, and so, um, you know, it's just, it's sometimes scheduling, I think is, is really hard um, and prevents you from playing games as often as you would like to, you know, so I think, I think the, the evidence of that happened during COVID actually, when the shutdown happened, um, man, I was playing a lot of games, you know, because it's yeah. like, well, we have time to do all this stuff and we don't have sports and, you know, like all these activities that we have to do. And so we were playing a lot of games and we kind of got away from that because we got over scheduled. So, yeah. Well, we all can't, right. we can't yeah. solve it all at once. What are some no. tips? Alan? Exactly. So how give do we get us, out give of us some tips and, and, you know, oh. don't, you don't have to magic wand solve all of our problems, but right. what, what, what's well, the one thing that I, one thing that works for us, like as far as the friends one go, we've probably had a board gaming um, group for about four years now. And they know that it's the second Friday of the month. And I have just a private Facebook group that I put out there, like, you know, who's coming. And I usually remind them the day before I don't bring it up or the day of, I don't bring it up any sooner than that. Cause I feel like then it becomes chaotic. So I always do that. Like just a smidge reminder, but they know that it's going to be the second Friday of the month and it's just on our calendar and that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, and how that many people do you invite cool. over? Um, we can get anywhere from eight to 12 people or cut like six couples come over it's a hit or miss on each month, but the past couple months, like we've tried just going out to do an escape room, like break it up a little bit. So that's been fun. Um, but that's my biggest thing that when you asked me, I was like, well, the one thing we did for sure is we were like, Hey, this is the day we're going to do it. And if you can't make it, then we'll see you next month, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's the biggest thing for us. As far as with friends, we just have yeah. a set time and then they can adjust their schedule accordingly or they just can't make it that month. Or if they can't make it, sometimes we'll be like, well, we're going to be home this night if you want to come on over. Like our date nights sometimes become couple activities instead of just going out individually. So, mm -hmm. so that's one that I like thought of or, you know, that works for us is having yeah. the Facebook group. So it's one way to communicate as well and sending out a little reminder because we don't always remember everything all the time. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did We did that too. I think Justin and his wife mm -hmm. came over to our house a few times. Yeah, a few times. And I was in a small townhouse with a teeny tiny basement. We still figured out a way to cram so many people down there. I don't know how we did it. We have yeah. a lot more space now. But um, one of the problems I kept running into was, because we didn't really have space for two tables down there. I kept worrying about games that could accommodate a certain number of players. Yeah. And I was like, so we've got to play battle stations. Cause it looks like 12 people are down here and that we could do that or cash and guns, you know, which could accommodate a large group and uh, secret Hitler, a few of those that are like that, but we couldn't like get into the, like the bespoke, you know, nice kind of really in depth board games with four yeah. players that would be for something else, but yeah, that yeah, is a really good thing. He's always wants, wants to do the smaller, longer games. And I'm like, well, that's not the audience we have right now. Mm -hmm. He yeah. jokes that it's now like hangout night instead of game night, but we usually try to get in some type of game at some point with it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. So I'm like, if we want to have separate ones, then you got to just individually invite them and yeah. have it at a different time. So. 
Mm. So, so one of my things that my wife knows this too, and this is absolutely no offense to Dan and his game nights because we had a good time down there. But <laughs> I will say this: Uh-oh. I will say this that the party games that you play, like they get super old for me. Like I want, yeah. I want more. I want more like yeah. Yeah. strategic thought behind it, and you know, like some of the some of the the party games are pretty light on strategic value and more light or, or more heavy on the fun and laughs, right? Which don't get me wrong, it's a lot of fun. But if I if that's my like complete game diet, then I feel like it's, you know, I'm drinking soda all the time and I need some meat. <laughs> right. You know? Well and we always like we usually we say it starts at eight thirty and those who want to come and play like a diff like those type of games come at eight thirty and those who want to mm-hmm. play the party games they usually come around nine thirty ten. Oh wow! Uh, okay. cool. That also works. So we always know who wants to come and play like one of the games we've got, you know, or new one or something. They'll come and and come a little early and play with us. And then mm-hmm. those who just want to come hang out or want to do one of the like those type of games, they come later. That's, that's actually pretty- not a bad idea. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good. So. But it sounds like you need a game that lasts about an hour, not three or four. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where the finest fish comes in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, we, we've done that too. I've got a buddy who lives a couple doors down from me. He's in our gaming group and uh, he'll invite a lot of people to the game and we won't even know. We don't even know how many people are showing up. And Jason, who's also on the podcast, he'll bring a bag of games and he'll have a lot of short games, like 15, 20, 30 minute games. And that we'll just play one or two of those. And then when we realize, okay, we really only have, we really have five, four or five players tonight. Let's just pick and go. And we won't worry about the no shows that that has worked out pretty well. The other thing is that I've discovered recently is when there's, when you have somebody who's a pal and you both have a passion for one game. So uh, my buddy down this down uh, a couple doors down, and I really like Star Wars Outer Rim like too much. We like st- way too much. You know, I have a Star Wars problem. Um, and so we'd be like, so so why don't you just come over and we'll just play Outer Rim? Okay, that sounds great. And. <laughs> What I've discovered for me is I, for my brain, I know I'm having fun at a game where I can't feel time passing the same way. Yeah. It's like when I lose all track of time and it's like, oh crap, we've been doing this for four and a half hours. And I'm like, oh, that didn't feel like four and a half hours. It felt like two. Those that are means, that means I was in it. Yeah. I was in it, you know? And so uh, that means number one, you have to have those games, people that want to play those games, and and to not tick off other people in your life once you when you hit hour three, and they're like, "What's the matter with you? You've been down there too long." <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, I think having a, a partner in crime sometimes is is really good, especially if if playing games mono a mono in a marriage sometimes doesn't doesn't always pan out. Um, sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, so I, I've gotten into a lot of things that she's into. Like I've played Flux and a bunch of other things. If she's interested in something, I usually play it. Um, so, yeah. Taco so cat I, cheese pizza. You know. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, Allie. So um, do you do you play games with just your husband often? And, or do you try to loop in a kid or two? Or like, how do you how do you? you know, we talked about schedules sometimes being really crazy and getting the whole family together to play a game might be 
a little tricky, but um, do you try to like maybe find those moments where maybe one person's out and you can grab the other people and play a quick game or something like that? Yeah. Usually if we notice like there's some downtime in the evenings and you mm-hmm. know, one kid's out playing and we're just kind of sitting around, then we'll be like, who wants to play a board game? And usually we can lure my, my boys down with like a Minecraft theme, transformer themed, like, you know, yeah. Star Wars theme, like they'll jump on those ones. It's my oldest that we struggle the most with, with board games. Um, but we've told her that, you know, like you're getting older, you're going to be moving out. This is the time that you get to spend with the family. And she's like, yeah, you're right. You know, <laughs> so we've kind of gotten to the point where it's just like, whoever's available. I spent, um, I will play most of my games with my husband and probably my 11 year old. He's probably our most, um, engaged board gamer. Um, and my eight-year-old will jump in depending on the theme. Like he, for his birthday, he got the Transformers building game and I don't, or deck building game. And I don't think he really understood the whole concept of it, but because it was Transformers, he was all in and he was yeah. committed for the whole game. Yeah. And half the time I was like, I don't get this. Like, I think we need to go back to the rules, but we just kept going with it because he was enjoying it. Um but yeah, so really we just like whoever's around in the moment and wants to play a board game, we kind of jump on that chance. Um, we try to make a goal of at least on Saturdays having um, being able to play at least one game. Mm. Um, if we get one game in, we'll look at it as an accomplishment. If we go over, we do Sunday dinners a lot of times over at my in-laws and we'll always take three or four games in hopes of getting one to the table. Um, and then we try to make Monday nights our game night, like where we're just like, come sit down, play a game. So we just try to like think of the times where we have the downtime or we're just all sitting around and just kind of jump on like who wants to play a board game. And if they don't want to, that's great. And if they do, then we'll jump at that chance. So I think Allie unlocked the secret for us, Dan. Um, set a goal, play one game on Saturday. Set a goal, play one game on Sunday. <laughs> set a goal, play at least one game on Monday. You got so, it. And there was a know. there was a monthly Friday in there too. That was yeah, right, exactly, exactly. So no, it just you know it's, it's so funny because I'm just like you know my schedule's crazy and all this stuff, and now he's like, yeah, just just play a game on Saturday, just play a game on Sunday, just play a game on Monday. And well, and see, I am more of like a oh, we have this, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do, and where my husband's like, well, let's like go play a board game, and I'm like, but we have so much we have to do. I'm like, okay, we can probably take a step back and just do a board game. The other thing that I try to do with our kids is like we they take turns picking which game so that Mm -hmm. they know that it's not just mom or dad who's going to be picking the game that they'll get a chance to whether like I don't know if you've ever done like the little um, popsicle sticks with the name on it. They're like color coded. So you draw (laughs) it. It's your turn. And then you flip it. You had your turn. We try to do something. We don't have that. But like we just okay, whose turn was the last time? It's now your turn. And we like youngest to oldest. And so they have to still play games that they don't like and pick games that they do like, but it just yeah. kind of keeps us together and we're supporting each other in the, in our um, interests. That's great. I, I think um, you mentioned the, the younger kids like the genre games and I love genre games too. I'm a sucker for them big time. Sometimes it's harder for me to wrap my brain around another, a new IP right. that's built into a game. But I've noticed with my 10 year old, that my miniature painting hobby can really add to his uh, engagement in a game. So for instance, for Christmas, I got him the Dragon Prince board game, and it's really just a combat skirmish game. And it's from uh, Netflix series, the Dragon Prince, but I painted all the minis. So I injected painting the minis of his games into my painting life. 
And so now his minis look cool and he can tell me if I got the paint, the, the uniforms right or not, you know? Uh, so I painted all of his Marvel United. He's taken his Marvel United to school on their, you know, end of fourth grade board gaming day. Oh, you're a cool and he guy. Got, you're like, he got to sh- games. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. It's kind of like, I, you know, I like Marvel United. It's fun, but it's way more interesting for me to sit down and, and, you know, you know, miniature paint. And I think, that's one way that the kind of the war gaming hobby has kind of seeped into the board gaming hobby in like a really good way. In fact, I was painting board game pieces before I got into war gaming pieces. And the word gaming pieces is, is a pretty deep well to get stuck into. You're like, I'm never going to find my way out. But, but I don't want game, to find my way out. Exactly. But board games are different. It's a fixed thing. It's unless it has expansions and a lot of them yeah. do. You open up the pieces and you go, this would look, these minis would look beautiful if they're painted. So I've, I think that's, that's one thing that I've done just to get more buy-in and, and more engagement in, in what we play at home. So do you let your son paint as well, or do you just paint him? I paint him because I'm really uptight. <laughs> uh, well, but- that's where I would be too, but I'm like, I wonder if, if I let my kids like go and paint some of the things, if that would get them more wanting or willing to play more, do you know? And I, mean? I, th- I think it's fine. If he wants to get like the Loki expansion for Marvel United, say, dad, I want to paint these. You know, I underestimate him too, because uh, we took him to Kublai Khan and there was a, this awesome kids room there for, he was there for two days, loved every minute of it. And they had a uh, miniature painting. They brought minis for all the kids to paint. And his turned out awesome. And I'm like, maybe you're better at this than I thought you were. <laughs> and that's and why like, you're not letting him paint them. <laughs> exactly. And, and and he's like, dad, 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 I, uh, I want you to prime this mini I painted at Kublacon because I don't think I did a good enough job. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so now I got to prime it so he can paint it again. So I think, you know, that's just been one way that he and I have connected uh, right. uh, you know, and uh, it's, it's good. And, and it, uh, there's something magical about, getting the uniforms right on those kind of Marvel characters or, 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 or it, dragon Prince was super hard, man. They have these small minis and all of their uniforms have very meticulous gold piping that they put in the mini. And I was like, like it was 0.001 brush doing gold piping. And then he would say, well, that one looks a little wrong. I'd be like, it's fine. It's good <laughs> enough. It's really good enough, buddy. It's going to be fine. It looks okay. You get the idea. You get the idea. So, yeah. Anyway, so that, one, thing, one, one thing I wanted to ask Allie is, um, you know, in, in being able to play games more regularly, how important is it to have a variety of games with a variety of game lengths, right? Like I'm, I'm staring at your wall of games that you have behind you, which I think is just a fraction. And we know the there's like four more walls. Yeah. There's it's like right. a lot more walls there, <laughs> you know, true. but. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at your, you know, your your games and the variety that you have, and even the variety of the ones that you have talked about on the show today, and I see ones that are, you know, uh, 45 minutes long. I see one that are like three to five hours long. I see one that are like one to two people. I see some that are like four to six players. I see some that are, um, you know, different IP themes. Some that are you you know like unique IPs. Um, like a lot of different variety in the games that you guys have. And how important is it, do you think, to have a variety in the games to be able to play as often as you do? Uh, I think it's a a huge thing to have a variety, not only just because it mixes up your gameplay, but I think it's really good for anybody in general to learn different mechanics of different games. 
Um, I think it's been great, like for my kids, as far as like their math ability, like my mm. eight year old, we could be like, you know, what's 18 plus 17, what's, you know, and he can get it quicker. And I think that has a lot to do with the, with playing the board games. Um, but I think that if you buy or are interested in only one specific gameplay that I think that you're going to lose your audience quicker, that when mm. you throw in other mechanics and other ways of playing games that you're they're going to come back because they're going to be like oh i want to know more or i want to do something different and so i think it's super that's why i love it mostly is because of mm -hmm. the variety you know we got asked earlier today what our favorite board game was and i was like i can't answer that question like do you want my favorite co-op game do you want my favorite deck building <laughs> game do you want my favorite two-player game like i can't i can't tell you that that's like one of the hardest questions when I get asked. I'm like, can I tell you like 20 of them? Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and you, you can pick like, a favorite kid in about two yes. seconds. Yes. <laughs> I, oh, I know which one of my children is my favorite, but don't ask me for the game. No. And it's like based on mood and like, you know, it's yeah. like, there's just so much to it. Yeah. I, I kind of, I, I, I thought about that question because, you know, when you're saying like, oh, let's play, oh, let's play a board game on Saturday and on Sunday and on Monday. I mean, that's not possible if you're playing Twilight Imperium every day. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's just not, or, or, or like, you know, Axis and Allies. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not possible to be playing, though. Maybe it's the same game each of those days, but, you know, you're not going to be playing a different game with, with, you know, most of your family, some of your family, just you, your husband, that type of thing. Um, you know, when you, if you don't have that variety of games. And so, um, you know, maybe another topic that we'll have to have you on is like, how do you acquire games <laughs> over time? You know, I mean, because like, oh, my credit card you know, knows I'm more yes. interested in her storage than I am. The, the, <laughs> right. The, the how. You know, and or, so but, how you pick is yeah. really the question. How do you pick? How do you know what not to buy? I think is a really fascinating. I know we're kind of late on time here. Yeah. So, uh, but that's, you know, it, how do you be a discerning connoisseur of games? Yeah, that's a good topic for another time, for sure. Yeah, I mean, because that's a there's a there's a rabbit hole of information in that one. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so 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 to sort of sum up of where we've got right, like one, you need a schedule. Like you you really need to schedule time and set set time aside, right? And um, I think that if you are with your family, part of that is you know, and, and maybe it's just maybe when I say family, it could be you know. Uh, husband, wife and kids and all that stuff. It could be boyfriend, girlfriend. It could be, you know what I mean? Like, but when you're there with your close knit people, right. That you need to like schedule time. Like that is, that's one of the keys. So saying like at this time we plan to do this. If, and you know, my wife tells me all the time, if it's not on the calendar, it's not going to happen. And I am the <laughs> worst person about putting stuff on the calendar. You know, <laughs> like, she's like, aren't you leaving for Gen Con tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah, it's not on the calendar. I'm like, it is now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but you know, I mean, like if it's not on the calendar, it's not going to happen. Right. Um, and I think that's, that's true for busy families, busy people, busy husbands, busy wives, busy, you know, like busy everybody. If you don't schedule the time, then it's not going to happen. Um, I think, you know, I think you, I don't know if you would call it this Allie, but I think that you are setting gaming goals. You know, like of saying like, hey, let's, you know, let's try to at least get a board game in on yeah. Sunday night if we can. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a gaming goal. Like it's not it's yeah. not just going to happen willy nilly. Right. Like you've got a time, you've got a thing, you've got, you know what I mean? Like you've got the, right. the who, and what, if where, the game gets done early and we're like, well, we have nothing else to do, then we'll try to grab another game and, you know, go again. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so scheduling, setting, setting goals, right. Um, finding opportunities where you can with like, you know, so like, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. If you can get three out of your four family members to sit around and play a board game, take it right. Rather than just like making sure that everybody's there. Cause that's going to rarely happen yeah. in yeah. our busy, busy lives. Right. Um, yeah. And again, like scheduling with friends, like just having that recurring, you know, that recurring time I think is, is crucial. Um, I love the idea of varying your game, um, game types and game play. I think that that's kind of the hidden gem of this discussion because I think a lot of people know, like, okay, I got to schedule time. I, you know, if I don't schedule it, it's not going to happen. But having a variety of games, I think, is sort of the hidden hidden gem that we pulled out of here because that allows you to play games in moments that you don't, you may not think that you have time to play a quick game. You know, so um, that uh, that's that's really one of the keys there. So, did I miss any of them, or did we did I hit all of them? I think you did good. I think mostly like recognizing when you have your downtime, if you're sitting on your phone or like, you know, looking to go to the fridge to eat because you're bored. <laughs> That's what I do. You know, recognize that and be like, maybe I should go do something else instead. Let's go find a game to play. That's now, great. do you play, do you play any solo games, Allie? I honestly have never played a solo game. <laughs> really? Okay. I am a social, like, yeah. I like board games for the social part of it. Yeah. And so I don't think I could just sit down and play one. <laughs> I think I think you're tapping into something here, Allie. I think this is really smart. I think because in the old days, there was, you know, six TV channels if you were lucky. And everybody had, would have to compromise on finding a thing to watch on TV as there was one in the house. And now with screens and streaming... If you want to watch something that's even slightly not interesting to another member of the family, everybody just scatters. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm just going to do my thing in the kitchen and I'm going to do my thing in my room. But what the board game forces you to do is it comes, you have to come together, talk to each other and turn that into fun and a fun memory. Yeah. If you can break. And I, I, I applaud you, Allie, because you appear to be succeeding in ways that Justin and I have been failing. <laughs> we start failing and then we're like, I'm just going to go to the basement and paint minis by myself, you know, which is true. It, we, you know, uh, so I, I just think that's that's great. And um, I, I just applaud you. I think I, I, I'm a huge fan of what you're Thank doing. You. So. Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of my one of my gaming New Year's resolutions on the podcast was to play more games with the family, like do it at least once a month. I'm not doing great at that. I think (laughs) as the six months that we've had, I've done two out of the six, you know, and so maybe I can make up. Maybe maybe I've got my half year's resolution is to, you know, still hit the 12 times, you know, that I play a board game with my with my family. Now I play with my friends and stuff like that. So I don't. It's not playing games. It's playing with the family, right? It's real easy, Justin. Just cancel that date night. No, I'm joking. (laughs) The problem is, listen, the problem is, is if I cancel that date night, my kids aren't home. Like, they're not home. Like, they're out with their friends doing stuff now, you know, because they're a little bit older and and all that. And so, um, so even if I cancel date night, like, I still want to get them together. So, you know. I keep suggesting putting the spouse in the backseat. It's a joke. For our listeners and friends, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Especially for my friends who listen to this podcast and know my spouse. I'm just joking. <laughs> so, yeah. But honestly, I think the thing that I'm taking away from this podcast is um, I need to buy some more board games. 
Yeah. <laughs> like honest, honest. That's what Allie does. That's yeah, what Allie's I, doing. <laughs> exactly. I need to buy done some more done. board games and let them, you know, be like, hey, is this an interesting one? And you know, like some that only take an hour to play and stuff like that. Now, I will say this: at Christmas time, you know, Miniature Market has like some unbelievable sales, like over the holidays and stuff like that. I picked up a game called Pact. Um, it's a card game, and oh, I, I got it one. for five dollars. On miniature market, and uh, here, let me see if I can pull it up. Actually, I think uh, I played this with uh, Jay. Maybe I didn't. It's I like didn't a little goblin game. No, nope. yeah, this is I it. I think right it's something else. This is it right here. Packed. Um, don't let this six point six fool you. Like I think it's better than that. Um, it's a game where you are trying to. You've got these like mission cards where you have like um you know, uh, patterns that you have to do. And each goblin is a pattern in, in itself. Um, and let me see if I can pull up. A Justin, weren't right we here. wrapping up? So, what happened? I know. I got distracted. <laughs> what happened? So, yeah. so you can yeah. see right here, like, you know, these mission cards that you have, you have like, you have to have like three little green guys. And this is a green guy right here. Right. And like two little orange guys and that's like, or yellow guys. And there's some yellow guys over there. And, what can happen is you lay down cards in front of you that you're going to use to fulfill these missions, but your person next to you can form a pact with you and fit, use some of your cards to finish it. And then you both split the points. And um, so you want to try to do your own because you get way more points if you do your own, but you can get extra points if you like finish your buddies, you know? And so um, it's a great little game, but like, this is one of those that it's like, I picked it up for $5 we played it once and tried to learn the rules and my, my wife and daughter were like, this isn't that fun. But then we played it again after we knew the rules and they're both like, okay, it's growing on me now. And, and we, we actually like it. Right. So um, I, I need to get more of these games. Was, I think, was the point the that you should pick up extra games when they're on sale, even if they're of, even if they may not be kind of in the top 10 of the, every, so. of everybody in BGG or, you know, are, are you saying it's okay to try out a game if it's cheap and give yeah. it a whirl? And if it sucks that you have, you don't have as much skin in the game. Is, is that what you're it's also you're good going? to just don't, don't play a game one time. Like Think if I would have gone yeah. off of the star Wars deck building and been like, mm, that really put a bad taste in my mouth. I'm yeah. done. I wouldn't have gone back to it. Mm -hmm. Same, you know? So I think like, if you don't like it the first time, give it a couple more times just to make sure before you're like, yeah. I'm out. Like, I don't like it. Because yeah. you're saying your wife and your daughter love it now or enjoy playing it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my daughter was like, hey, I want to play that again, right? My my 15, my 16 year old, she's like, hey, I want to play that again. And I'm like, what? Like, okay. what's yeah, happening that was, here? That's you drop yeah. everything and you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But now, okay, let's go. <laughs> exactly. That was me exactly. on su Super Fantasy Brawl in the demo at, at uh, uh, oh, yeah. uh, Mythic Games. I, I wanted yeah. to rage quit the demo. I'm like, I'm done playing this game with you, guy who works. I yeah. bought the game I've almost every expansion, and I painted the minis. And I love nice. it now. Now I love it. Yeah. The game yeah. was good and I had to like play it the second time. Yeah. Yep. You know. So yeah. Oh, listen, all great stuff. Allie, thank you for coming on the show and thank and you. imparting your wisdom with us and your experience <laughs> of of how you uh find excellent time for gaming and <laughs> and may all of our listeners also, you know, take Allie's knowledge and apply it apply it in their lives and 
and uh, play as many games as she does on a regular basis because <laughs> it's awesome. You know, I mean, like these board games are a lot of fun. We really are living in a golden age of board games. Um, you know, because when we were all growing up, it was Monopoly and Sorry and Parcheesy. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, it's a bad terrible. Game. You know, so but now yeah. we live in a golden age where like there's so many different things and mechanics and the like the you know the 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 um, components are great, the board's great, right? The art the art is great and it's really fun and engaging. And so um, now's a great time to, uh, as you said instead of finding that downtime where you're scrolling through your phone, you know, get, get together with your family, get together with your friends and start playing some more board games and be social again. So yeah. we appreciate it so much, Allie. Do you have any parting thoughts for us? Any, any, any mm. pearls of wisdom? No, I'm just, thanks for having me. And it was fun. Yeah. Love, love having you on here with us. So, um, and we've already like noodled out our next topic, right? It's like, yeah. how do you judiciously <laughs> buy board games as we look at your wall of board games behind you, you know? Just so. a little bit of gamer. It's like, well, if she would lean to the, the first, uh, okay. okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Those look Want awesome. Pick it up and move it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you are on Insta as the underscore gamer babe. Is that correct? Correct? Underscore babe. Right? Underscore between underscore, gamer oh, and babe. Underscore between yeah. gamer and babe. I apologize. Yeah. And so and people babe. follow Ellie on Insta. It's great. Yep. Yeah. And we will put her Instagram in the description. So click on that and go check it out. She's got great content. And I'm always like, oh, wow, that looks really cool. Because <laughs> every time I see something from you, Allie, I'm like, oh, wow, that looks really cool. And you do fun little stuff like, hey, what game am I playing? You know? And yeah, like, yeah I don't know. Yeah, I've never seen so that like, I'm like, Shh, don't tell me any more of the game. Yeah, I got to take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. Like, I like to see what people know. Like, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So please follow her and, and check her out. And uh, Allie, again, you're always welcome on the show. We love having you here with us. So thank you. Thank you so much. Everybody else, thank you so much for listening to us. And we appreciate you. If you want to stay connected with us, join us in our Discord that is also in the chat below. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all at the tables. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>